Football starts back up as spring practice is just under a week away for the Louisville football team. We'll talk about the biggest questions heading into the spring on both sides of the ball and more on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA analysis work for the university. I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned, just under a week away from the beginning of the spring practice, which will start on February 28th, next Monday, for the Louisville football team. Um, we'll talk about the biggest questions that I have for both sides of the ball. And then in the final segment of the show, we're going to transition over into baseball. And I'm going to tell you why we need to relax and have patience as it pertains to um, the early season struggles that the Cardinals have had throughout the first weekend. Um, starting out with the offensive side of the ball, we'll start out with um, you know talking about the biggest questions for Scott Satterfield's offense in year four heading into spring ball. Now, look, I will say that some of these questions are really probably not many of these questions are going to be answered in spring ball. You know, really, when you get to fall camp, that's where, you know, you start to see depth charts. Uh, be able to be solidified and stuff like that. And for a disclaimer, if you're watching this on YouTube, I don't know why there's a little white um, name tag for me in the bottom part of the screen, along with, you know, the the locked on the logo. Um, it's kind of um, irking me, though. But um, just disregard that. It happens from time to time again. Don't know how to turn it off. Don't know how to turn it on. So uh, hopefully it's not on for tomorrow's show, but I, I apologize for the redundancy at the bottom left hand of the screen. Overall, the big questions that I have for the offense, uh, first starting out with, I, I want to talk about the running back committee. And the biggest question there is who stands out in that running back committee? There's four players that you have to focus on. That's Tennessee transfer Tyon Evans, um, you know, sophomore, soon to be sophomore sensation Travion Cooley, Jalen Mitchell, and also uh, former Syracuse transfer Joar Jordan, who came onto the scene late in the season and got some meaningful reps, especially in the bowl game with that um, that big kickoff return against Air Force. So I think that that's kind of question number one for me is because, you know, it's a great problem to have. You know, a lot of guys in that position, in that running back committee that you have to, you know, uh, divvy up carry, so to speak, and um, ultimately – you would rather have you know more depth than not enough depth. I think it's more of a competition this year than it was last year, and that's no disrespect to Hassan Hall or anything like that. But from people that I've talked to, both um, you know that are um, you know familiar with the uh, the Tennessee media and those that are you know SEC fans, have told me multiple times, time and time again, that Tyon Evans is an NFL player. He's the guy that um, has a ton of explosiveness when he's on the field, when he's healthy, he's able to, you know, reach a different dynamic and bring it, bring an offense to, um, you know, this 
new level that maybe other players on the roster cannot at the running back position. And that's no disrespect to Travion Cooley, to Jawar Jordan, to Jalen Mitchell, none of those three. And I don't want it to be interpreted as such. But when you add a guy like that into the mix, it's obviously going to, you know, pose the question of, okay, how is this going to affect the running back committee going forward? Because you had guys last year, you know, Travion Cooley and Jalen Mitchell uh, were pretty consistent throughout the season. They were kind of a uh, 1A, 1B uh, towards the end of the year. Travion Cooley was able to, you know, get more and more touches at the very end of the season. Jalen Mitchell was a consistent threat all throughout uh, for opposing defenses. And Jawar Jordan came upon late. So you could possibly see him in a third down receiving rollback. So that takes away some of the possible um, snaps. And obviously you have to factor in Malik Cunningham being very dynamic on the ground as well as a, as a pocket passer. So not a ton of carries to be able to uh, divide between the four. So the biggest question for me is, are we going to see Tyon Evans? Uh, I, I know that he's had been battling injury in terms of his um, ultimate. I think that, uh, let's see. Yeah, I think, I think he's, he, he's, he's, He's good for spring ball. I, I read somewhere that I, th- I, I thought I read somewhere that he might have had you know an injury, um, but it looks like you know all signs are pointing to him being available for spring ball along with uh, Jalen Mitchell who missed the bowl game. So Cooley, Mitchell, Evans, and Jordan. I'm interested to see how those four are able to battle out in in the spring, um, you know, practice sessions leading up to the spring game in early April as we head into you know getting closer to you know the preseason and heading into fall camp. It's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. We're not going to hear who the starter is right away or anything like that. Um, I'm interested to get, you know, to get a look at each of, um, you know, their, their respective, um, get a look at each of their, you know, respective roles heading into the, heading into the spring game and stuff like that. So running back, is number one on my biggest question heading into spring practice. Number two is the backup quarterback position. Obviously, Malik Cunningham is all but a lock to you know have the starting role secured and everything like that. But with Caleb Johnson um, in the 2022 class, with him you know being an early enrollee, and he's going to be competing. Uh, you have Brock Doman, uh, Evan Conley, Nathan McElroy, the Trinity State champion. So overall. I, I'm interested to see you know, who is going to step up in that backup role because, you know, Lord forbid something do, does happen to Cunningham excuse me, next season. Injuries do happen, stuff like that. Um, hopefully it doesn't. But if it does, you know, who's going to step up and be in that backup role? And I'm interested to see how Caleb Johnson kind of, kind of fits into that mix. So backup quarterback's another one. Offensive line, I'm not necessarily too concerned about. It seems like they're bringing back a good amount of their starters. Wide receiver is another, you know, question mark for me. You know, Justin Marshall is gone. Jordan Watkins, you do have Tyler Harrell, Amari Huggins, Bruce back. You have Braden Smith, who's coming off injury. We'll see how much of a factor he will be, um, you know, in terms of a participant in the spring practices and stuff like that. I'm interested to see how, um, you know, guys like D. Wiggins and Josh Johnson do, because you know there's some other guys. Um, I think that 
let's see. Tyler Hudson's another guy. I, I was I'm for some reason I was forgetting that name. I want to see how the, you know the the newcomer coming transfers are are able to fit into this group. You know the Miami transfer D Wiggins, uh, Tyler Hudson from the FCS level, um, who was a you know a huge standout on that uh, stage. So I'm interested to see how both of those guys are able to fit into the mix. Does D Wiggins um, essentially replace Tyler Harrell? You know, in, in a basically a one on one swap, where does um, Tyler or not Tyler Harrell, Justin Marshall? I don't know why I said Tyler Harrell. I'm thinking of Tyler Hudson. I was supposed to say Tyler Hudson after uh, after uh, D Wiggins, but does um, D Wiggins do basically a one one on one switch with Justin Marshall? Where does Tyler Hudson play into the mix? Do we see uh, a guy like Josh Johnson get more reps in spring practice? That's another thing is how. You know, who's getting, you know, the most first team reps, stuff like that. Um, who's looking good in spring practice. Obviously, you take everything with a grain of salt because it's very, very early. But I, I want to start to get, you know, some sort of a foundation on, you know, some of the guys that are, um, you know, showing out and stuff like that. The defensive side of the ball. Uh, on the other hand, I, I feel like there may be some more, you know, just overall questions of maybe not necessarily – of you know who's going to come out on top in this you know depth chart battle but who's going to ultimately step up and there's a difference between that um between those two uh notions we'll talk about um, that here in just a second after we talk about our friends at built bar look it's usually the time of the year that i pretty much give up on all my new year's resolutions i'm not that necessarily committed when it comes to um you know reading more books or um, riding a bike more, um, but I'm sticking to my resolution this year. Uh, thanks to Built Bar, I'm able to you know eat healthy uh, while also getting the same enjoyment that I do from a candy bar. If you haven't tried um, you know Built Bar's puffs, you're simply missing out. It's the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, as are all of the other Built Bar products. Uh, most built bars contain anywhere from 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there are a ton of different flavors to pick from, anywhere from mint brownie and coconut to coconut almond cookies and cream. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious and it will be good for you. So do yourself a favor, go to built.com, use the promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that's use the promo code locked15 for 15% off at built. Dot com. Heading into spring practice coming up on February 28th is when it starts. I think there's 15 practices leading up to the spring game, um, a couple or a handful before spring break, a couple after leading up to the spring game. I think that most of the questions surrounding this team heading into spring practice is more on the defensive side of things. I think number one, and this is probably the, the biggest question that most fans have is, are they going to be any changes to the team's overall you know schemes um you know stylistic playing style stylistic playing styles that's a that's redundant um you know playing styles and stuff like that you know, I, I think there's been talk of maybe switching to a 4-3 base uh what does that look like um you know which players are more suited for that scheme than maybe the three, four, uh, who are some players, especially on the defensive line. I, I'm looking for, um, you know, outside of Yaya Diaby and Ashton Gelati, 
Obviously, there are some of the Flyville 2022 members that haven't necessarily gotten on campus yet, so they're not they're not really going to be participating in spring practice. I want to see how Vic Brown does on the outside. I'd like to see how him, uh, Raheem Craig, um, you know, so on and so forth, Mason Rieger, you know, moving on down the line, some of these guys from the 2021 class to see how they kind of fit into the mix. Also at the nose tackle position, you know, with two defense alignment and some packages, uh, does Caleb Banks, a guy who, you know, got a lot of praise at the end of, uh, at the, you know, at the end of fall camp last year, is he a guy that they're relying upon? Is Des Tell going to be the presumed starter? What about, what about guys like RJ Sorensen and, um, you know, Zach Edwards, Henry Bryant, et cetera, before you, you know, add some, you know, other pieces into the mix from this recruiting class. I think basically, you know, defensive line for the end position, you know, you pretty much have your your starters and Diaby and Ashton Gelati. But, you know, behind them, who are some guys that step up? And I'm you know, extremely interested to see, you know, who you know, shows out at the nose tackle or the defensive tackle position, I should say. Linebacking core, you pretty much have, you know, your set guys, you know, coming back and starting uh, Monty Montgomery, Yasir Abdullah, um, you know, moving on down the line, no CJ Avery. So Muhammad Sonogo, the Ole Miss transfer is, is probably going to be the guy that steps into that, uh, mix, but Scott Satterfield alluded to in his, um, signing day press conference that it is unlike, I, I think it was either unlikely or he just came out and basically said that, uh, both Keitrell Clark, uh, Monty Montgomery weren't going to be participating in, in spring ball. Um, so, you know, you have a guy like Yasir Abdullah who comes back and one of the best players in the ACC defensively, I'm more interested to see behind those guys, behind the presumed starters, who is going to step up. You know, you have guys that, you know, showed flashes last year, like Jalen Alderman, who had the pick six against Central Florida. You have guys like Jackson Hamilton, who the, you know, CJ Avery hyped up a ton at the, um, you know, at the end of fall camp last year. You have guys like KJ Cloyd, who's made some plays, TJ Quinn, uh, you know, moving on down the line, Dorian Jones stepped in when Monty Montgomery got hurt. You also have Marvin Dallas, Cam Wilson, who had been battling some injuries, and then Momo Sonogo from Mississippi, who starts to separate themselves in the linebacking committee. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, which, uh, whether it be Sonogo or some of the younger guys, who steps up and kind of fills in that too deep in the linebacking committee. The biggest question I have outside of the schematics for the defense is the secondary. Um, obviously, Kittrell Clark is going to be the starter, uh, the cornerback one, but he is out for spring ball. Who steps up in that room? We have coming in the 2021 class with, with I'm sorry, 2022 class with some late additions at signing day. There's also some transfers and stuff like that. Um, you have guys, you know, you have Derek Edwards, Chandler Jones, Rance Connor, uh, Trey Franklin, etc. You also have players like um, uh, Jay Williams uh, from you know USC coming in. You have you know Duke transfer Jalen Alexander. How did those guys fit into the mix at you know in the secondary? Brian Brown. It has always been a guy that has preached versatility. So having guys that can play both cornerback and safety is a is a you know a, a vital skill that we could 
some guys kind of you know going back and forth, and it'll be interesting interesting to see how Wesley McGriff has a say in that as well, and those guys will work hand in hand. So I'm I'm just kind of interested to see outside of Kittrell Clark and out of Kinder Duncan Jr. who announced that he's returning, where you know who is going to push for those starting positions. I'm especially focused on MJ Griffin, the Temple transfer. Also, Shaverick Williams and I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Shaverick Williams is a guy who I think could you know get some big time minutes at the safety position. Ben Perry as well as at the safety. Josh Minkins at cornerback. Trey Franklin is is the guy that I feel like we're not talking about enough at cornerback. Uh, Chandler Jones is going to be com- you know competing for that spot as well. I want to see how some of these younger cornerbacks and even the transfer cornerbacks kind of mesh into everything and stuff like that. I'm not sure if the Duke and USC transfer are going to be available for spring practice or not. Um, But ultimately, for the defensive side of the ball, most of the questions are surrounded um, in depth, you know, on depth, um, you know, linebacker and defensive end. There are some positions where, you know, it seems like starters are wide open, you know, the second cornerback, the defensive tackles, and then the second safety position. That's where, you know, most of, the questions lie outside of you know where do where does uh, Brian Brown and Wesley McGriff turn to in terms of uh, maybe some stylistic changes and stuff like that. So, but nonetheless, I think that this defense got better in terms of adding more talent. I'm a big fan of Momo Sonogo. I think he's going to step into that role that CJ Avery left and um, be able to fill that pretty well. So. We'll continue to try to piece together some sort of initial answers to both the both uh, sides of the ball questions as we you know get more of a you know look into the spring practices and then obviously the spring game we'll talk all about that. Uh, <clears throat> but as of right now, there's no point in answering questions that um, we definitely have not even begun to begin that process in doing so want to transition over into baseball and the Cardinals started out this season kind of tough you know one and two record at the end of the weekend got a win against Xavier in the midweek game they're two and two right now and I see a ton of people in this fan base basically claiming that the sky is falling it's time to relax and be patient we're going to talk about why that is here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Bet Online. Look, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. And it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. The baseball team stumbled out of the gate a little bit down in Tampa. They started out with a victory against Charlotte in the first game of the season. Then um, the the train kind of fell off the rails a little bit early on against South Florida. They ended up dropping the first game of the season to the Bulls, and then ended up um, you know, losing another one to UConn on Sunday. They answered with a midweek come-from-behind victory against the Xavier Musketeers where you know the bats came alive at the end of the contest. And um, you know, that was a very solid 
victory against Xavier, but it didn't do anything in terms for the fan base when it comes to panicking. Look, I know Louisville baseball year in year out is a has a you know perennial expectations of you know contention, getting back to the College World Series, so on and so forth. And I'm not saying that you're excuse me, I'm not saying that you're wrong. Even with the team that started out outside of the top 25, a ton of questions, uh, uh, inexperience, et cetera, uh, some key losses from last year. Even you know the the goal is still you know getting back to the College World Series because that's how Dan McDonald, Roger Williams, and you know the rest of the coaching staff and program have built you know this you know state of the art program at the University of Louisville. So I, I think that I saw a lot of people on social media just basically say, well. This team's not as good as we thought. They're they're going to be like last year. They're going to miss the tournament. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Obviously, it's paraphrasing, but in, in an essence, that's that's what the post basically read. It's time to relax. Number one, and this is the this is the main thing. Don't forget this. It's the first weekend of the season. Granted, I think I read a stat where it said fourteen of the top twenty five teams in the country lost at least one game in the opening weekend of the college baseball season that i mean that that just goes to show you right there number 1 baseball is one of those sports to where it takes some time for guys to really start to get in the groove um and momentum is you know extremely real you know uncle mo is a real phenomenon especially in baseball and, and it takes you know some time for guys you know to get to get warm to get, you know, pitchers to get, you know, stretched out and, um, you know, get some live action against guys that aren't on their team, you know, hitters to see some other other pitchers and just kind of, you know, get in the right headspace and, and you know, see the ball well. And sometimes teams start out hot. You know, you look at LSU this, this past weekend and they, you know, went on a runs frenzy. And then you look at some other programs and think, well, you know, they probably couldn't have played much worse. I thought we saw some positives from Louisville, especially in that game against Charlotte. Um, and, you know, throughout the, you know, the first four games of the, of the season, I think Cam Masterman is, is seeing the ball extremely well. He's betting 500 uh, so far, 1.277 OPS um, had that absolutely thundering home run against Xavier. They gave the Cards a 7-4 lead against the Musketeers late on Monday evening. Um, you have guys like a Christian Napchek, uh, Jack Payton, Isaac Humphrey. All those guys are batting over 300 so far. Ben Bianco, Ben Metzinger not far behind. Uh, Levi Usher has struggled um, in 11 at-bats so far. He does not have a hit. He does have one run, but no hit so far, one walk. Um JT Benson, Logan Beard, looking for those guys. Um, Logan Beard and uh, Dalton Rushing both batting uh, 250. does have a over one OPS. I tend to gravitate more towards OPS than batting average. That's kind of a rule of thumb. I know I mentioned this uh, in an earlier episode. I think it tells the tale um, a little bit better than batting average. It gives a little bit more context for those who are, no, are not aware. OPS is uh, on base plus slugging. So I think that that you know gives a little bit more uh, sheds a little bit more light, so to speak, on you know some at bats and stuff like that. Pitching is where most of the concerns lied in the pre or you know lied in the preseason, and um, you know especially you know now you know Tate Keener, Jared Poland, and um, I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. 
I can't even think of of who it was that um, started the started the last game. It might have been. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was it was Jacob Ferris. I apologize. Um, all three of those guys served as the weekend starters. Uh, just a reminder, Luke Seed, who likely will get a starting um, role in some capacity. He's still kind of battling back from injury. So that that's one to keep an eye on. On Michael Prosecchi, who could have possibly also been in the rotation. He's now in the bullpen and he showed some, you know, solid flashes, you know, throughout. Um, I think he had four innings pitched and uh, only gave up. He gave up two hits. Um, did give up two runs, so you know had showed some stuff to where he got some strikeouts. Also, you know showed some issues with command and stuff like that. But overall, um, you, you saw some guys, um, you know, look pretty solid. Riley Phillips, four innings of work over the weekend looked very, very good. Um, Adam Dowler as well. He had two innings of work against Xavier. Uh, did give up two runs. Um, on one one hit, but also for strikeouts. So, you know, this is I, – I think that w- what we need to discuss, you can kind of go down – I don't necessarily like to look at stats four games in the season because they're going to change. You know, you could have one bad outing and your ERA's infinity. Um, you, you have to take things with a grain of salt. This is an inexperienced team. Um, they're guys that – have a ton of talent. It's it's very evident that the talent is there. Now the mental mistakes, the errors, that's something else that I'm interested to see how Dan McDonald kind of works through. I don't necessarily put a lot of um, you know, concern or, you know, worry into those. Um, you know, those mental mistakes or, or anything like that. You know, Dan McDonald's teams are usually very good defensively. I expect them to be good defensively this year. I expect them to hit the ball well this year. And the pitching staff to get better as the year goes on. Look, this is a team that might struggle in the, you know, in the early stages of the season in the non-conference slate. Um, just, you know, guys getting stretched out in the in the pitching rotation. Um, you know, getting some more, you know, live game reps and stuff like that, some more, you know, meaningful at bats. Um, but but the message right now is just to relax because at the end of the day, you know, like, like the I like to point out the 60-game MLB season, you know, back in 2020 that started kind of in the late summer and went into, in, into the late fall. You know, guys struggled even in that 60-game season, you know, professionals, just because, you know, they usually – start hitting their stride about, you know, a third of the way through the season. So you saw guys starting to turn it on more toward the end of the regular season of that 60-game stint. So I'm not saying it's going to take Louisville's guys, you know, that long to 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 get rolling. I hope not because that would basically be the end of the season. But you, you see that for, for you know, um, you know a relata- relatable um, instance to where it, it just takes guys some time. Um, the Cards will have Dartmouth in a weekend series. Um at Jim Patterson on you know on the weekend uh, or over the weekend in here in a couple of days so you know check out the cards go uh, to Jim Patterson this weekend uh, hopefully you know we'll have some good weather but just relax um, you know enjoy the highs and lows of the season you know it's going to be a thing where we're going to see a, you know some growing pains and hopefully this team can start to you know get together a, you know a pretty decent winning streak but we talked about the biggest questions for both sides of the ball for global football heading into spring practice also talked about why we just need to pump the brakes relax patient with the global baseball team 
despite them struggling throughout the first weekend. Um, tomorrow we'll have the weekly mailbag segment. Um, we'll preview the women's basketball game uh, coming up against Pittsburgh and more. Um, that's going to basically wrap up this episode of the show. Thanks for making Locked On will be your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Also, a shout-out to the Cardinals Sports on Podcast. You can check out the most recent episode that dropped on Monday evening at cardinalsportszone.com. But that's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.